Pete Carmichael is staying with the Saints. Should we just fast forward to 2024? And what about Sean Payton? Where is he going? Is he going anywhere? Maybe we should fast forward with that too. I don't know. The NFL playoffs, I don't want to fast forward with that because it's too exciting. Divisional round games. What are our best bets? We'll ask Jeff Duncan. We'll ask Uncle Big Nick. And you know I'm going to have my own little take on all these things. It's coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. We're at New Orleans. And hello to all my friends out there who are ready for a little deja vu. Pete Carmichael, Sean Payton. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, you'd think at some point that people had had enough of talking about the same old thing. But no. It was our most watched live datitude this morning. Uh, This is, by the way, episode number 133 for a Friday, January the 20th, 2023. I am Jim Derry. Sports betting writer at the Times Bikini, the advocate in bet.nola.com. I mean, I asked in the open, should we just fast forward to 2024? Are we really going to have to watch 17 more games of the same old crap again? Is Andy Dalton going to be back? I mean, that's a legitimate question now. When you keep the status quo, Not only do you keep the status quo, the same old crappy play calling, horrendously inconsistent play calling, but do you keep the field general who is running the plays? I I can't take an, I'm telling you right now, I cannot take another four months, and and look, we got a ways to talk about it. So get ready, prepare yourself, or go in a cocoon and hibernate for a year, whatever you want to do, but I can't take this crap for another year. I hope there are some other changes we're going to get into with Jeff Duncan. He's got an interesting take on what could happen with Pete Carmichael. Now, even if he stays on as offensive coordinator, I don't want to give it away, but if, if one suggestion that he has is made, then maybe it's livable. But it all starts with quarterback. If they don't bring in a real quarterback here, it doesn't matter. Maybe that's the point. Maybe it doesn't matter. Because if they have an Andy Dalton or a quarterback controversy or, God knows, maybe worse than Andy Dalton. Oh, there's definitely worse than Andy Dalton. Then it's going to be a whole nother year of wanting to pull your hair out and scream at your television and your wife hating you or your husband hating you or your kids just going outside. I I, I don't even want to play on my iPad. I can't listen to my 
mom or my dad scream at the TV anymore. This is getting, what do they, what do they care about? What is the problem? The problem is I'm tired of it. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, as I alluded to, Jeff Duncan coming on, and we had a long conversation this morning. But there was a lot to say. We talk about not just Pete Carmichael and what the changes could be made, but, you know, Sean Payton, and he's Dunk's talked about this before, but why isn't he coaching here if he wants to coach so bad? I mean, what is so bad about New Orleans? Well, maybe he does want to coach here. Maybe Mickey Loomis said, you had your chance, Mr. Payton. Maybe he's going to go through another year of hell and then bring Payton back. Who the hell knows? I know everyone is sold on Sean Payton and the Saints are going to get a first-round draft pick and everything's going to be that's, – I don't hear hardly any media pundits talking about the possibility of him not coaching next year. I personally think it's – I'm, I'm to the point now where it's better than 50-50 that he doesn't coach. I mean, I've been saying 50-50 for a few weeks now. I think it's more like 60-40 now he doesn't coach next year. Think about the possibilities of where he could go. He is not, and I've said this probably 30 times, he's not going to Arizona. It is not happening. They hired a GM. He's not going to Arizona. He doesn't want to work for the Bidwells. Their their situation is an absolute mess. Arizona is going to be terrible next year and probably for the foreseeable future unless they get really lucky with a coach and Kyler Murray decides he wants to get off his ass and do something. So, and first of all, even if he wants to get off of his ass, he's not going to be able to get on his knee anytime soon. So he's probably going to miss the first half of next year. He doesn't have the greatest work ethic. He's not going to Arizona. So scratch that one off your list. Scratch the Chargers off your list. He's not going there. Brandon Staley's staying. Scratch Dallas off your list. They won last week. I don't care if they lose 55 to nothing this week. They're not firing Mike McCarthy now. So that leaves Carolina, Denver, and Houston. The price for Carolina is too high. Because for Mickey Loomis to allow Sean Payton to go to Carolina, they'd have to get what Carolina's probably not willing to pay, where they can have other options, not going to Carolina. So now you're talking about Denver and Houston. Denver. Yeah, it might be a great situation for him. Maybe he can... You know, all these pundits, they keep talking about the same thing. Well, Sean Payton would probably want to go to Denver. That would be great. He could work well with Russell Wilson. You're leaving out the most important part. Are the Saints willing to let him go to Denver for what Denver's able to give? Denver's first-round pick, their own first-round pick, is in the hands of the Seattle Seahawks. So the one that they have is coming from San Francisco. San Francisco could win the Super Bowl. Denver might have the 32nd pick of the first round. Is that what you're willing to give Sean Payton up for? Not unless you're willing to give a first rounder next year, too. Probably not going to happen. So that leaves Houston. And to me, Houston is the only viable place that Sean Payton could go. And, you know, you talk about all these DraftKings bets and odds and all those things. The odds right now, or at least they were yesterday, I don't know what they are right at this moment. But they were plus 800. I think that's a good bet. Eight to one. Because to me, 
If he's going to coach anywhere, it's going to be Houston. I think it's the only place that he would want to go, and the Saints get reasonable compensation back. The Saints get could get the Houston second pick in the first round, which is the 12th pick of the first round. That's reasonable. Then Houston would still have their second. They would have the first round pick, which is the their their own first round pick, which is the second pick of the draft, and probably get Bryce Young. And Sean Payton could coach and start over with Bryce Young, and I think they have a decent foundation there. It makes sense for everyone. So at eight to one, I think that's a good bet. Hell, it's five or six to one. It's probably a good bet. So if you want to plop some money down somewhere, that's the one to bet on. So to me, I think there's about a 40% chance, 30 to 40% chance he goes to Houston. That's not saying that Houston wants to spend their second first-round draft pick to get Sean Payton. They may want to go in a different direction too. Who knows? It'll play itself out over the next week or two. But that's why I say now, Let's say it's 40%. Let's be optimistic and say a 40% chance he goes to Houston. Or say, I'll tell you what, let's do it this way. 35% chance he goes to Houston, 60% chance he doesn't coach next year, 5% chance he coaches somewhere other than Houston or sits out. That's where I put it right now. And Dunk also has an interesting insight on Loomis versus Peyton. Will the NFL get involved if Peyton finds himself a destination, but the Saints say, you know what? That's not good enough for us. Because that's a possibility as well. All these things are going to be playing themselves out over the course of the next week or two. Now, if they get into some tete-a-tete, maybe it won't. Maybe it'll take longer than two weeks. But the Saints aren't rushing to get rid of Sean Payton. What, what's to say that Mickey Loomis doesn't, because the dude's smart. His mind probably works a lot differently than yours or mine works. What's to say that Mickey Loomis isn't saying, you know what, we'll stick with the status quo. We told Sean Payton he couldn't come back here this year because we're not going to just fire Dennis Allen after a year. What's to say, we'll stick with the status quo. What's the worst thing that happens? We go 5-12, and 12, and then we need a new coach, and who's around? It's, it's amazing how differences can be settled pretty quickly because Sean Payton wants to come. He would have come back to the Saints if they would have let him. So what's to say that you go through the status quo, if it doesn't get better, you bring the man back? His visor's still probably sitting in his locker. Possibility. There's more of a possibility that Sean Payton coaches the Saints in 2024 than of him coaching at Arizona next year. Or really, probably Carolina for that matter. So that, and maybe you could maybe even throw Denver in there. I just don't, I don't think the Saints are going to get back what they need. All things we're going to talk about coming up, we're also going to discuss the NFL divisional playoffs coming up. Playoffs? You can't really say... I mean, can you really say playoffs without saying playoffs? I mean, you can't. It's hard to do, especially if you're over the age of like 40. I mean, juvenile maybe, but it's still, you just can't do it. Try it. 
Go ahead, try it. Playoffs. Playoffs? See, you can't do it. You, 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 you can't. I know you can't. It's all right. I can't do it either, obviously. Uh, divisional round, what are the most interesting matchups of the week? I think they're all interesting. I'm not just being a, you know, a fanboy. Because I'm definitely not a boy. I'm, I'm an old man. An old crotchety man. You think Datitude's crotchety now? Wait for like another few years. I'm going to be 60 in five and a half years. You think I'm crotchety now? Wait till I'm 60. The kids are driving me insane. Somebody's always wanting something. I don't know. That, that's, maybe I haven't had enough king cake. Maybe Christmas went by too fast. Maybe it's because the NFL season is coming to an end. There are only seven games left. Three after this weekend. That, see, that's when I start getting sad. But neither here nor there. What are your favorite matchups of the weekend? I know I'm looking forward to the two NFC games more than I'm looking for. And that, that's saying a lot. Because, I, I mean, everybody talks Bills, Bengals, and that it's going to be fun, and it could be an epic game. Yeah, it could be. But I think Giants-Eagles could be an epic game. I know a lot of people are all, the, the Sharps are all over the Eagles. They think they're going to win by double digits. I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. We'll get into why in a little bit. And Uncle Big Nick's going to come on. Un- unfortunately for you people who will follow our best bets, we have a lot of the same things going on, and I kind of figured we would. And I don't like the fact that I'm dancing with Aunt Mabel this weekend. God, I got a lot of picks that are, that are public favorites that the Sharps don't like. We'll see who's right. And I don't often do that, but I look. I'm going with what my eyes and my analysis tells me. I think that the Giants-Eagles game is going to go down to the wire. I think the Bengals-Bills game is going to go down to the wire. I think the other two games, good chance they're blowouts. And the Sharps disagree with me on San Francisco-Dallas. I don't want to give a spoiler alert out yet, but we're going to talk about that. We also, with Duncan, get in with to, just for briefly, talk about the Pelicans. Um, they're in a bad way right now. I don't think they'll be in a bad way by the time March hits, but I think they have a rough few weeks coming up. Their schedule is brutal. And without Zion and Brandon Ingram, when's Brandon Ingram going to play? Is he been just like, I got a feeling he's been playing Xbox with Mike Thomas. Something's going on there. I mean, is he, are they talk about, the, do they compare their toes did they put their two big toes together? Say, look, mine's bigger than yours. You should have seen it last week. It hurts. What do you do for the pain, Mike? Well, I just sit around and get on Twitter. Tell people how they, I got to read all my hate comments on Twitter. Yeah, well, they don't hate me yet. Well, they're gonna. Trust me. Yeah, get off your feet. Ass whatever you get paid millions and millions of dollars i don't want to hear this oh you never played the game you don't know how hard it is get get the hell out of here if i got paid million i you know the things i do for millions of dollars i mean all kinds of stupid crap you get paid 
millions of dollars to play ball. Get off your ass and play ball. All these players on ESPN, you just don't understand. I'm not going to risk my livelihood. You've already got millions of dollars. You got millions of dollars to play ball. Shut the hell up. You got it so bad. Life is so tough. Shut up. Get out there and play football or basketball or whatever the hell you get paid to do. I'm a little feisty this morning. I, I think the whole Pete Carmichael thing is really throwing me for a loop. Again, maybe I haven't had enough king cake. I don't know. All right, speaking of king cake, let's get to Mr. Duncan because, you know, we got to have a king cake talk a little bit. It's Mardi Gras season. It's carnival season. You ready? Okay, good. Here we go. We got all kinds of things to talk about, Dunk. So we're not we're gonna spare the small talk and get right into it. How does that sound to you? We're not we're not gonna talk king cakes again. Well, I mean, did you you know I don't where do you go after you go? So yeah, we will actually real quick. Where do you after Dong Fong? What's your second choice? Well, I'm gonna go try this morning. As a matter of fact, a little bit later this afternoon, I'm gonna try Bywater Baker. I hear they're really good there, but I've never actually bought my own there. I've just tried one before. So I'm hearing they have a, uh, what do they call it? A Chantilly king cake. Chantilly. Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to be amazing. So I'm going for that. All right. Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to ask you about that next week. Um, we got, we got some comments already here. Uh, we will be taking your comments all this morning. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can just type them in the comment stream. If you're on uh, Twitter, you're going to have to tweet at me, at Jim Derry Jr. We will read your comments and uh, questions on the air. It should be a fun morning. We've already got a bunch of people. Oh, Joanne Palumbo says, Bywater Chantilly is the best. I have not had that one. So yeah, I, 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 I don't get the whole Dong Fong thing. I mean, I, 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 I love it. I'm starting to wonder I mean, about your taste if you don't get Dong Fong. I, I mean, I it's just, they're better. They're better. It's like putting butter on top of a cinnamon roll. That, that's a whole nother story. You know, I don't know. Tired eyes, hello. We welcome you this morning. All right, Jerry's not happy. Jerry says Mickey Loomis needs to be fired now. All right, let, let's not go that far, okay? But I, I do want to get into, I want to start, we're going to talk about Sean Payton in a little bit. We're going to talk about the Pelicans for a little bit. We're going to give our NFL playoff predictions in a little while. But I want to start with the one that befuddles me. And the reason why Jeff Duncan and I work so well together is I am like, and Jeff Duncan is nice and calm and smooth and will give you the reality of the situation. So I'm going to get into my right off the bat. Pete Carmichael, I don't understand it at all. Okay, first of all, I didn't even think he even wanted the damn job. And so not only did I thought he would just ride off into the sunset on his own or at least take a smaller step back, we now find out that he's going to be the offensive coordinator again next year. What in the hell makes this franchise, and I love Mickey. Mickey Loomis is a phenomenal general manager. I know people give him grief sometimes, but I think he's phenomenal, not just because he's been on the show. I really do. I think he knows what he's doing. He's always known what he's doing. He, he's, he can do things that other general managers cannot do. But what makes this franchise think that Pete Carmichael is the answer at offensive coordinator? Well, you know, look, it, it, it's definitely surprising. I think they actually did look into making a change there, but I don't think they found anyone that they really were enamored with that they felt like could come in and 
and make a big difference here. I don't think they wanted to completely overhaul the offensive system, which kind of surprised me. I thought they might try and get real bold and, and overhaul the offense, but I don't think they want to make that. I, I think basically what we're seeing here, and this is what my fear was, Jim, I wrote a column after the season saying that, you know, they can't delude themselves and live in denial and think because they had that little three-game winning streak that they're right there, that they're close. Yeah. That's what I think they think. And I, I think it's going to be a, a failed experiment here by maintaining the continuity. Uh, you know, th- there's a saying in business that, you know, just good enough is not good enough. And that's what I feel like they're saying right now is we're just good enough. You know, we can get in the playoffs and go 10 and seven, and that'll be good enough to pacify the fans. And I, I don't know if that's accurate, but I do think they looked into making a move there. And I think they're still going to make some changes. Obviously, Dan uh, Rochar is no, not coming back. They're yeah. going to bring in somebody to replace him. And it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know this, but I think it's being discussed. It wouldn't surprise me if Pete is not calling plays next year. That, that might go to whoever they bring in. That would change or, my opinion on that. Or Ronald Curry, who called plays in preseason last year. They could make a change there. Then you've got Pete basically doing what he does best, which is you know putting together the game plan, drawing up uh, you know how they're going to coordinate the game plan, but someone else calling the plays. See, that would change my opinion a lot because I think I think Pete is a great assistant coach. I don't know him from Adam. I've never met him. I've never talked to him. So it, it, it's you know most of the guys that that we talk about here, I've met, I've talked to at some point along the way. For I don't know why, but I just I've never run into Pete Carmichael. I've never talked to him, so it's hard for me to sit here and talk bad about him. But I just. You know, you you watch this offense, and the last you know, three weeks, three game winning streak aside, let's look at the reality of this thing. The last six weeks of the season, they did not score more than twenty one points in any single game. It was all defense. And eight of the last nine games, they didn't score more than twenty one points. They had one twenty seven point output against the Rams team that at the time looked like they were just giving up. It was before they got Baker Mayfield. They were in a really bad way. And so it just it just bothers me. And, you know, the gaming grunt has a great comment here. Excuse me. I think the Saints are just looking to focus on next offseason off and not this offseason. Gaming grunt, I heard a comment. I actually heard someone say yesterday, one of my friends say, that it, that the Saints are tanking already. I mean, no one tanks in January. They don't tank. That's nope. not the way they think. This is what they think is best for their franchise. I think they're wrong. But so – I guess the long-winded thing of what I'm trying to say is if what you're saying is right, if someone else comes in and calls the plays, I might feel a little bit differently about this because I think he isn't a good assistant coach, but they have got to make some significant changes personnel-wise, both in the coaching staff and on the field. Well, they're not making those changes on the coaching staff, I can tell you that. I mean, now they may have some if Ryan Nielsen on the defensive side goes to Atlanta – and if Chris Richard ends up getting a job somewhere, uh, they're going to have a coordinator change on the other side of the ball, not the offensive side of the ball. But I do agree with you that they have to change some of the direction they're going offensively. I think they have to find an identity and, uh, you know, maybe the new person they bring in. You know, I know that they look, they did look around because I talked to some people who were basically charged with trying to go out and identify some candidates and, uh, for the Saints. And so they were looking, but they just didn't like what they saw. And, and you know, I, I think part of them, part of the, the thinking is that this offense was so riddled with injuries 
you know, the loss of their number one receiver. They had some offensive line issues. And we see around the league, you know, that's not uncommon. I mean, basically, Joe Lombardi lost his job because they couldn't run the ball right. in, in, in L.A. Well, I mean, their whole offensive line was injured, you know. So same thing happened to Byron Leftwich in Tampa. I mean, their offensive line was riddled with injuries. They were really one-dimensional. They couldn't run the ball. Well, they couldn't. They had no offensive linemen. So you see a pattern here, and I think the Saints felt like, you know, we don't want to get into that same pattern uh, of, you know, just turning it over. We think our continuity is a strength of ours while everyone else is overhauling. We're going to, you know, zig while everybody else is zagging. That's kind of how I think they felt about this. Could be wrong. The thinking, I'm not endorsing it. I'm just trying to explain probably, uh, you know, in my conversations with people in in the facility, what what the thought process was. Shout out to JJ, who I showed his his comment a little bit. Uh, he talks to me on Twitter. We go, we kind of go back and forth. We appreciate JJ and the gaming grunt. Uh, he says they're not going to tank, but uh, look, you talk about running the ball, and I, it, all I can think of in my head is Jim Morris saying, "We didn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball." I mean, it's one thing. To not run the ball, and Byron Leftwich, you talk about him. Remember, he was a big head coaching candidate. He went from yeah. being a head coaching candidate to being fired. And I'm not. I'm. Not, I don't think he's going to get another offensive coordinator job. <clears throat> I, 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 I do think he he's young. He will have a chance to work his way back into favor somewhere. He will get another offensive coordinator job at some point. I don't necessarily think it'll be next year. But the problem I have with Pete Carmichael is kind of the same one I had with Byron Leftwich. Okay, so your offensive line has had issues. You don't run the ball, but you don't try to run the ball. It's like some of the some of these defenses they were playing this year screamed Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. And yes, they used them at times and used them effectively, but to me, they got away from it quickly and easily and sometimes didn't even try to. So there, to me, there was no create creativity. And I know we're spoiled. We've gone through you know, 16 years of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I get all that. But there, there was just, to me, except for maybe three or four games here or there, there was just no creativity and there was no continuity. The consistency was absolutely vacant. I mean, it, some games I thought, okay, he knows what he's doing and he did a good job. And then the next game he'd come out and it scored 10 points and stink it out. Well, look, I, I think in defense of, of Pete and, and what the Saints are trying to do, I mean, this is life in the league when you don't have a great quarterback. Yeah, I mean, true. you know, when you're playing the Saints, Jim, I mean, you're the defensive coordinator, you're the defense, what are you going to do? You're going to shake away Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. You're going to play the run. And so good offenses have to be balanced to take advantage of that. The Saints don't have that in the passing game right now. They don't have a quarterback that people fear. They have a couple receivers that can, you know, get separation, but they're not, you know, dominant dominant players so people play the run against the saints that's why it's hard to run and that's why he he would get away from it because for years that's what they were able to do they, they would go into a game see how they were going to be defended by the opponent and then attack that game plan and, and they had the balance to do it they don't have it now so you know i was on bobby a show last night we were talking about before we came on air and bobby was really a staunch defender of andy dalton and i get it I think Andy Dalton played well within his limitations. But the fact is, nobody's scared of Andy Dalton when they come into the Superdome. Nobody. And, right. and they'll live with every once in a while him hitting Rashid Shahid. They'll live with that. 
because they don't want to get let the Saints get control of the game with that running game. So that's the problem you're going to have if they run it back with Andy Dalton. Kirk and Dustin, you got questions about Sean Payton. We're going to get to Sean Payton in just a little bit, so don't think I'm ignoring you. I will show you questions in just a moment when we get to that, that segment, which is coming up after this. Um, and by the way, the attitude here with Jeff Duncan, as we do every Friday at 9.15, we are going to be taking your comments and questions. We'll probably be on there until at least 10, maybe 10.15. We'll see how it goes. And uh, neither one of us has anything super important after this, so we might be on for the full hour this morning. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, you know, look, I, I just don't – Quarterback, to me, is the number one issue on this team. Carlos says quarterback is not the problem. I couldn't disagree more. You look at the teams that are in the playoffs right now, Dunk, that are still in the playoffs. And to me, other than Trevor Lawrence, uh, who is a work in progress, I guess, and I think he's going to have a, a rude awakening this week weekend, spoiler alert. But other than Trevor Lawrence, you look at all the other quarterbacks in the league, Brock Purdy's 6-0. and So, I mean... All these teams have good, solid quarterbacks that have led them to where they are. And even Dak Prescott, who has had his moments and it hasn't had a look great last week. But, I mean, go through the list. Mahomes, you know, Allen, Burrow, all these teams with a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl, what do they all have in common? They all have a great quarterback or what I think is a really good quarterback. We'll see about Purdy. I know it's, it's early on him, but the Saints have got to address that issue and the fact that they're staying with Pete Carmichael scares the ever-living hell out of me. That they're going to go, you know what, let's just let's ride with Andy Dalton one more season. Yeah, look, I think the, the answer there might be to try and draft a young quarterback in this draft, and then you run it back with Dalton as your bridge quarterback. And when, you're, you, when your long-term yeah. solution is ready, I mean, you take the Kenny Pickett approach, right? I mean, they, they had Mitch Trubisky there to be the bridge, and then they turned uh, to Pickett about week six. I could see the Saints doing something like that. And it, but they're gonna have to pay Andy Dalton a little bit more. I think he made three million last year. Uh they're not gonna he's not gonna accept that. So they're gonna have to pay more. And that's the that's the problem they've got right now is they've got such cap issues and they still have to sign guys like Carl Granderson and Caden Ellis. I think they want to own Yamada back. I mean, I don't know how they're gonna do it and address the quarterback position. That's why I think they almost have to go. Uh, into the draft thinking about a quarterback because of the salary cap situation. Uh, here's a good question because this kind of leads into one thing I wanted to ask you about. Sidney Billiot says, I said all, all along, I think he means, last year when Doug Peterson came in for a visit, I was really hoping that they would have hired him and the Saints trying to do is spend the least money as possible. I don't necessarily think they're trying to spend the least money as possible because a coach doesn't affect your your salary cap. But a question that I do have I'm not railing on Dennis Allen, and I know that we've talked about how loyal this team is, but why didn't the Saints go more? Why were they just set on Dennis Allen from the get-go? Again, I'm not saying Dennis Allen was the problem, but why were they set from the get-go and didn't have – it seemed to me that they didn't have an open mind when it came to the coaching situation that from the day Sean Payton said, I'm out of here, Dennis Allen was going to be the next coach. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he was. I think they went into it saying someone's going to have to knock our socks off and be clearly better than Dennis Allen. That Dennis Allen, they knew what they had in him. I mean, basically, he'd been with them twelve years, so they knew so much about how he operated that he had a huge head start on everybody else. And it was going to take you know you know something 
uh, pretty surprising, I think, to to unseat him from that front runner position. Doug Peterson would have been a great hire. I mean, I, absolutely, I love Doug Peterson. I think he's a great coach, and uh, you know, we can question that for sure as we see uh, how Dennis Allen's tenure goes. I think it's certainly a fair game to question that hire. But you have to remember, like Mickey Loomis, again, values continuity and stability. I mean, we we should we should all know this by now. This is part of the the track record. And some people have brought up in social media, I do think a good point, and that is you value continuity and stability when it's working, you know, and it worked for 15, 16 years because you had Drew Brees and Sean Payton. That's, I think, a valid point. You know, are we seeing, uh, you know, the loss of those two generational leaders, uh, an organization that's struggling to find its footing, find direction, find vision? I think that's a fair uh, assessment. But, you know, here's one thing. You talk about continuity, Dunk. And, but to me, wouldn't continuity have been somebody like Doug Peterson, who is probably the closest thing out there, in my opinion, to Sean Payton, an offensive-minded coach who could have come in, and even if it were Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, whoever, I mean, it, it, to me, that's the way continuity would go, not necessarily just because Dennis Allen's already on your staff, the complete opposite of Sean Payton. I mean, Doug Peterson, look, Dennis Allen is a fantastic defensive coordinator, but I'm not sure that he's the head coach yet. This is what this team needs at this time. So to me, continuity would it doesn't necessarily mean it's inside the building. Loyalty and continuity are two different things. Well, but, but I mean, if you bring in Doug Peterson, I mean, he's going to want to run what he runs. I mean, he's going to want to yeah. run his offensive system. He's going to have a a defensive coordinator in mind. He may keep Dennis Allen in that situation. They could have maybe made that a stipulation, but a lot of coaches won't uh, won't take a job if they think they're being forced to keep certain coaches. So uh, the continuity, I think, that we're talking about here is is the Sean Payton culture and system, and that's what they value. They believe in that formula. It's worked here for years, uh, but I think why it worked had a lot to do with Sean Payton and Drew Brees more than the X's and O's and the offensive-defensive systems. I think Chris Lundy's being a little tongue-in-cheek here. I mean, I hope so. When he says that's why Pete should have been the head coach, I mean, I, I, maybe he's not joking. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. J.J., again, uh, who's been back and forth with me on Twitter the last last uh, four to five months, says he wants to thank you for the book, Dunk. Uh, amazingly done and an entertaining read. Uh, we're going to talk about your book before we go off the show, by the way. I do uh, want to get to that. Um, I do want to get to the Sean Payton part of this show. And I do have a couple questions that I've kind of sped through and didn't run yet. So let's talk about Sean Payton. And you wrote a column earlier this week about it could be a win-win situation for both Sean and for the Saints. I agree with you, but I think we're getting to a point now, before I get into the questions, I think we're getting to a point now where it's, it's a little weird. I think it's Houston, Denver, or nowhere. I, I think Houston, even though they're plus 800 on DraftKings, by the way, if you want to go bet that, $10 to win 80 bucks for him to be the Texans coach. I think they, if he's going to go anywhere, it makes the most sense for the Saints, and it makes maybe the second most sense for Sean Payton. What do you think about Houston as a possibility? But i got to be honest, if I were betting, uh, if I were going to bet on this at all, I'd say it's more likely than not he doesn't coach in 2023. Yeah, I think, well, you know, from my reporting this week, 
that's the way he was leaning going into this interview process. Now, we all know when you get in front of people, you can get swayed. Certainly Sean Payton can be an impulsive guy. Yeah. Uh, I personally That's would not rule out Carolina. I would not rule that I out. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't I mean, either. I, would, I should have said David, that. Yeah, he's meeting with David Tepper today in New York. And David Tepper is a former hedge fund guy. I mean, billionaire, very aggressive. I could see him and Peyton hitting it off. I mean, what Sean wants, just in my dealings with him over the years, you know, he wants to win like every coach. That, that's the number one thing to them. And that's why when he says ownership and management are the most important things, he means it because that's how you win in the NFL. You get a deep-pocketed owner that's aggressive, that's willing to open up the purse strings. He doesn't want to be fighting. I mean, Sean's a handful to deal with yeah. as a head coach because he's constantly trying to win every year. And at some point, you know, you run out of that ability – but he wants an owner that's going to be as aggressive as him. And I think guys like Rob Walton, who's, I think, net worth is $61 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, think about that. Gail Benson's $2 billion, $3 billion. This guy's $61 billion. So we're talking about a different stratosphere. But uh, is there really a difference, Dunk, between $2 billion and, 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 and just think about it from our perspective. If you had $2 billion in the bank and you had $61 billion in the bank, would your life be any different? No, probably not. But the point is... <laughs> You know, it, it shows you just I'm how kidding. deep his pockets are. You know, like he he's I wouldn't gonna, know the difference between two million and sixty. He's not going to blink at paying twenty five million to Sean Payton. He's not no. going to blink at that. And, okay, you know, no, I I completely uh, get you. I'm I'm being a little facetious. No, I'm just there. saying. But but the other thing is, you know, they got there. They got that wealth by being uber aggressive in business. You know, there's yeah. there's there's a difference when you get to that level of wealth and how you got there as opposed to just buying an NFL team and it accumulating wealth. You know, that's the, the, the wealth of the Bensons was all tied up in them owning the Saints. And, and then, you know, they were able to use that as their – that's their number one asset. And I've long, you know, our old boss, uh, Doug Tatum, Doug used to always have a, a point about, uh, you know, these pro sports owners. What you want is, if you're a fan, you want your owner – to have made his mo- his or her money somewhere else, and that the pro team is basically like a hobby, not not the number one asset you have, because then you manage it with a little a little more conservatism, I think, because that's your that's your baby. Whereas if you're Mark Cuban, you made billions doing something else. The NBA team is is your kind of your hobby. You're willing to you're willing to throw money around because you you're making your money somewhere else. If you get what I'm saying so i do yeah so anyway but back to the point of sean payton i think there's a real strong possibility he doesn't take a job somewhere because there's really no perfect landing spot right now they all have cons there's pros to each one of them but i do think carolina becomes interesting if he goes there i think the saints will get higher compensation so that's a win for the saints but it could be a big loss in the long run because all of a sudden you're going to get Sean Payton twice a year. And if he starts beating the Saints consistently with the Panthers, not only are some Saints fans going to be tarnished toward Sean Payton, they're never going to hold it against Mickey Loomis for letting him go there. And so I think that's a lose-lose for both Sean and Mickey. Yeah, one thing that uh, I saw last night Sean Fazan was talking about on the final bet show on, on Fox, um, and I think he's right. The problem with Carolina and the reason why I don't think he's going to go there, um, besides the the points that you mentioned, and it kind of goes along with what you were saying as well, I think the price for Carolina would be double 
what it would be for anyone else, right? So, yes. I mean, Carolina, to me, you talked also earlier in the week about, you know, would John Gruden, would it cost to get John Gruden two number ones? That's not happening. That was 20 years ago. No. It's, it's, it's not the, it's not, they're not going to get the same thing. It was that, kind that, of a one off, too. It was an outlier. It was an Al Davis thing. I, I think. Yeah. It, it, but that, look, what, what Mickey's but, but doing. But still, what my point is that it's going to cost twice as much. I don't think Carolina's going to be able to pay, not so much with, with money, with capital. I'm talking about with, with what it's going right. to take picks-wise and personnel-wise to get this thing done. I just don't see that happening. What I think could happen here, and this is the thing that no one's talked about so far, is you know they're becoming a, basically a standoff between Loomis and Peyton. Yeah where Peyton says, I'm going to Carolina. We're not paying two first-round picks. Mickey's saying, I want two first-round picks. And what are you going to do? I mean, at some point, it would go, I think, probably to the commissioner's office. There'd be an arbitration. This is what happened with the Jets and the Patriots. Paul Tagliabue had to arbitrate that and basically come up with a solution. I think it could get to that. we got two headstrong guys that both have competing agendas, and I don't think it's going to get resolved very easily because, you know, I'm look, I'm in the middle of this thing. I've, I've talked to both sides, and they're both adamant about what they want out of this thing, and it's not the same thing. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, I mean, the commissioner can jump in if he wants, but Mickey Loomis holds the cards. Let's, let's, let's don't fool ourselves here. If Mickey Loomis doesn't think it's a good deal for the New Orleans Saints, and God bless him, I mean, I told you what I think. I don't agree with Pete Carmichael staying on, but I trust in Mickey Loomis, and he's a business guy. He's going to do what's best for Gail Benson and the New Orleans Saints, and what's best for the New Orleans Saints might not be best for Sean Payton. Too bad. Sorry, Sean. That's just I the just way don't that know it is. if it's that simple. Like I don't know enough about it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm, I don't know that if Sean Payton and David Tepper say, we want to make this happen, we want Sean Payton to be the coach of the Carolina Panthers, and they say we're not going to play pay two for. I don't know if it's that simple as well. You can't coach the Panthers. I mean, if he goes out there and I mean, what if he just starts showing up to Under work? Contract? Do they want to? I go know. To I'm just telling you. I mean, it happened. It happened in this Parcells deal. They had to get the commissioner involved. I'm sure. Yeah, that was 25 there was, years ago. There was precedent there. You think that the Jets didn't didn't have the same uh, mentality? Uh, in the Patriots deal, you know, if, you see what I'm saying? I if mean, he, if he wants to push it that far, I think he's yeah. going to lose. But maybe he will. I mean, I, I agree. You're a headstrong. He's a headstrong guy. Okay, going back to a question we had about 20 minutes ago, and I'm sorry, I'm just getting to it, Kirk, but we weren't talking about that at the time. Kirk Babcook asked, "What are the chances of Sean ending up in Arizona?" We have both talked about this before. I think I probably a little bit. I feel a little bit strong, more strongly about it than you do, but I think we both think that the chances of going to Arizona are slim, or at least I do. Yeah. And I know he has a relationship with the Bidwells, but I just don't think that that's the kind of ownership group that, that Sean Payton wants to be a part of. That's just right. my opinion. And here's the other thing I'll say. Look, uh, the national reporters that are reporting on this story, too, I know those guys really well. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, Adam Shepard, they're excellent reporters. I mean, they, yeah. they got to where they're at by being the best in the business. So I'm not saying this is a criticism I'm just trying to explain to our viewers here. Those guys mainly get their information from agents. Right. There's always an agenda when an agent's involved. 100%. So when you started hearing a week or so ago about Arizona and this, that was completely coming from Don Yee, Sean Payton's agent, stirring up interest, 
creating leverage for Sean with the other teams. Now you just have to know these kind of things to understand. I never felt like that he was going to go to Arizona. Now he may tomorrow meet with them and fall in love and go there. But right now the thinking internally is that they're the longest shot in the field. And I felt like that all along, but people started getting hot and bothered about him going to Arizona. I don't think he is a fan of Kyler Murray. He's never told me one way or the other, even privately, about Kyler Murray, but just knowing what Sean values in a quarterback. I mean, he has these 11 commandments of quarterback play from Phil Parcells. The number one item on the list is we don't want a, a, a clown or a comedian at quarterback. We want a field general that other men respect. Well, I mean, Kyler Murray, his teammates don't like him or respect him. They had to put a clause in the contract to get him to study and, and get ready for a game uh, that doesn't add up at all to what yeah. I think Sean Payton wants in his quarterback. And he's stuck with him. You're, he's not going anywhere, and he's hurt. So I just I think when I talk about quarterback being a low priority for Sean, the only way it becomes a high priority, in my opinion, is when you have a bad situation. It, it becomes a negative. And it become, but, it, but if you don't have a quarterback or you have a wide-open situation like Houston where you have Davis Mills, but really you can move on from him quickly – I think he's not intimidated to go there and, or Carolina and go I find agree. a quarterback. But I think it becomes a deterrent when you got a bad situation like Arizona. Jim Derry, Jeff Duncan here on Datitude on this Friday morning, as we are every nine at 9.15 every Friday. Uh, after this is done, I will add my monologue, have a little segment with Uncle Big Nick as we make our NFL playoff picks, and I will put it on wherever you get your podcast. You can find Datitude. You can listen to this show, my monologue with Uncle Big Nick, you can go back and listen to any of the past 132 episodes of Datitude. And we've had some good ones. Duncan and I talked to Mickey Loomis back in June, and I actually thought that, that was a really good conversation. I went back and listened to it again. It's kind of interesting how you listen to it now, and it kind of plays out. I also talked to Jim Mora back in August. We had Ricky Jackson on the show, David Baker, former Hall of Fame commissioner, uh, pro football Hall of Fame uh, president, I should say. He's always a commissioner to me. Uh, so you can go back and listen to any of those shows. All right, moving on, I think uh, Dustin had a, a, a very interesting question that we've kind of talked a little bit about, but let's, let's get your, your take because a lot of people want to know the answer to this. I know this is not important, he says, but why does Peyton want to coach but not here in New Orleans? Money would make Dennis Allen take a seat. That is a good question. Why does Sean Payton want to coach but not in New Orleans? That's not true. He would coach here. I wrote that. I mean, I, that's become a prevailing myth out there. I don't know where it's coming from. Sean Payton would love to come back and coach here. That's one of the – I think there's a little bit of a, a nuance to that, though. Uh, I think he would consider coming back. I think he's – I don't think. I know he's open to coming back here. That's why I wrote the column I wrote right. several weeks ago uh, to let people know that that's a possibility. But the Saints are not interested – in moving away from Dennis Allen after one year, fundamentally it goes against the, their philosophy of supporting. And then I think financially, I don't know exactly for sure what Dennis Allen's making. I've been told by one good source that it's seven million a year for four years, but I haven't been able to confirm that with the second source, so I've never reported it. But that would mean the Saints would have to stroke him a check for $21 million. That goes against the way the Saints operate. They, they can pay that. Don't get me wrong. They can, but it's not what they want to do. They don't 
They don't do things like that. I mean, they moved off Stan Van Gundy after one year with the Pelicans. That was very unusual, and they did it. Because but they didn't have any loyalty to, to Stan. Yeah, for and they did it because internally it was a mess. It's not a mess with the Saints internally. Yeah. But uh, I believe wholeheartedly if you have a chance to get Sean Payton, you get it. I wrote that a month ago. I still stand by it. I think Sean Payton is one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. I agree. If you can get him in the building, he knows the roster. He knows everybody involved. He's rebuilt this thing a couple times. He could rebuild it again, uh, and he's open to it. But you have to go get him. You can't just like say, "Okay, we're gonna." You have to. You have to. It has to be two sides to this relationship. But Sean yeah. Payton didn't leave here because he hated New Orleans. Because he wanted to. Why move. did he leave? He let. He got burned out. I don't know how many times I have to tell people this. He got burned out from coaching. And now he's back. He's recharged. It doesn't take long. It took, it took him a year. A year. To, I mean, a year away is a long time to, you know, get away. You, you can only golf so much. You can only travel so much. And he might sit out another year. And, and look, I would not close that door. If he sits out another year at Fox. That was my next doesn't question. doesn't work out here with Dennis Allen, I do not think it's, it's impossible that he would come back and coach here in the future. But. There's a little bit of tension right now over this courtship of Sean Payton, and I think that that's interesting to see how it plays out. Well, that that you answered my next question before I even answered it, and and I think that it maybe Mickey is maybe in the back of his mind he's holding on to, you know, if we go through another year with Dennis Allen, if we have another six and eleven type season, what's to say? that you don't go into next year and you're like, you know what, I'm still holding the cards. Now, the what they're going to get in return would be less next year than they're going to get this year. They would still get something decent. Don't get me wrong. I think, now, that's a very interesting thing because I can tell you the Peyton camp believes, and they're leveraging with all their might right now, that's their leverage, they believe the compensation would go down to like one third-round pick. No way. Not next year. No. I don't agree with them in that regard. Saints wouldn't give him you, up for that. I can tell you Mickey doesn't think that. Mickey no. thinks he's going to get just what he would be worth this year, next year. And I kind of agree with Mickey. And Why would it go down? I don't understand it. Yeah, it, it but, it's going to go down a little bit because the, I, I think the Saints' leverage isn't the same. they got a two-year hold on right. them. And next year to have a one-year hold, a, a team could say, you know what, we're going to do just what we're saying and talking about maybe the Saints hold on and say, you know, let's see what happens next year. We might want to bring Sean. He might not want to come back next year. He may say, screw you. I'm not. I'm not I, mean, I think he would come back in, in a heartbeat. I mean, he knows what he's got here. Like, I, I think I think there's been a lot to play. You know, this whole thing with my – people talk about the Miami uh, thing last year with uh, Tom Brady and that report about pro football talk. I don't know for sure exactly what happened there, but what, I, what I've been able to gather – it wasn't Sean Payton and, and Tom Brady trying to walk away and go to Miami. It was Miami hearing that Sean Payton was having serious thought about stepping away from the Saints. He was down in Cabo San Lucas, right. basically deciding his fate for two weeks. And the owner of the Dolphins said, well, you know what? If this guy's thinking about like leaving the Saints, we're at least going to let put a call in and see if he's open to coming here. That's how it went down. It wasn't this arranged thing of Sean and, and Tom Brady going to walk away. That, that wouldn't have happened. Tom Brady was under contract with the Bucks, and Sean Payton was under contract with the Dolphins. I mean, right. 
I mean, with the Saints. So it it was. I don't know where this has gotten twisted. That that this was all some kind of conceived thing for Sean Payton to go to Miami. Uh, as I understand it, from everybody I've talked to, that that wasn't the case. No, I mean, I don't think he was ever going to Miami. And I mean, I don't know. You know, it's it, this going to play itself out. But to think that that Sean and Mickey could be button heads. I mean, these guys worked together in, in sync for 16 years. And one of the things that Mickey was great at, and people may call it a negative if they want, but, you know, Mickey always had the last word, but he deferred to Sean more times than, way more times than not. He trusted in Sean Payton enough personnel-wise. Sometimes it was a good thing. Sometimes it wasn't as good as people think, think it was, I believe. But uh, that's why he had it so good here. And wherever Sean goes in the future – He's going to have to have a general manager that's flexible. Another reason why I don't think he's going to go to Arizona, that, that team's a mess right now. I mean, you, you know. Well, I heard they did not like that they went and hired a general exactly. manager. Exactly. They hired a general manager without consulting a coach to me. That, that rules Sean Payton out right there. Yeah, I think it's a long shot that he goes there. Wouldn't surprise me if Sean, if he takes a job, if he, if he hooks up with Ryan Pace, you know, who's here with him. I know they have great respect for each other. He was the GM and. Chicago, that's a guy Sean could work with for sure. Someone like Ryan Pace I could see going with him. Yeah. Jeff Ireland, I think, is a possibility too. That would be a huge loss for the yeah, Saints. Yeah, that's what JJ just said. He said the number one guy the Saints can't lose is Ireland. I, I actually agree with that. Um, to me, and we'll go back to it before we move on, I think the only place that really makes sense in the, for both teams in the grand scheme of things is Houston. Uh, that's why I would, if I were going to bet, um, I don't know if I'm going to bet it or not, but you know, this is a semi-betting show. What's the, what's the plus eight hundred at Houston? Not, I mean, not and he's like plus three fifty at Denver. I just, I don't think Denver has what the Saints need to get that done. The only way that would work to me is if he goes to Denver, if they're willing to do it. And I don't, I don't think any team's going to be willing to do this. But to me, if he goes to Denver, their first round pick is San Francisco's first round pick, and I think San Francisco can win the Super Bowl. So even if they don't win the Super Bowl, you're talking about a pick in the very high 20s or in the 30s. Would you do it for what, – what about a, a second-round pick from Denver and then next year's first? And gamble that they're going to stink again next year. And Yes. I, I would – well, I mean, they would have to give us the first round this year, which is basically, like I said, the, a high second round. It's the I don't same think thing. that's going to happen. I think I – think Well, best- I mean, I guess it's not that much different. Their, their second round pick is going to probably is right. what got to be fifth or sixth of the second round. I think that that would be a possibility from Denver. You get their second Maybe. round this year, which will be pretty high, and then you get, uh, you know, oh, that's right, they don't have a they first don't pick. have their own first pick. They that's traded right. it to Seattle. Seattle has you it. You do that. Just so, thought that through. They so, traded it away. Yeah, you're I, right. I, 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 I just don't this, think that's though. a possibility. Let me say this: I've done more media appearances on Denver. TV, radio, and blogs in the last 48 hours, they are eating alive with the thought of Sean Payton going there. Fan base is very excited. I just think Houston's makes sense because I think he'd want to go there. I think he could draft a quarterback. You know, he's going to – good chance he gets Bryce Young. Um, and you think about the possibilities there. I think the ownership is, is receptive to him kind of doing what he did here. And the Saints getting the number 12 pick of the draft would work for the Saints. So, to me, it's Houston or nowhere. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't go anywhere. I mean, look, it, it is always the possibility that teams look at this and say, you know, I think everyone thinks it's just a slam dunk 
that someone's going to hire him. But if you're, say, Denver, and yeah. we're getting D'Amico Ryan's, you know, up-and-coming rising star coordinator, you might look at 100%. it and go, we can pay D'Amico Ryan's $8 million a 100%. year, not $25 million. We don't have to give up any draft capital. And I think we can be pretty good with D'Amico. You know, I could see an owner saying that. There's a lot you have to give up to get Sean Payton in the building. So I, I, I couldn't think, agree more. Yeah, I don't think it's beyond the possibility that, that everybody passes on him. I think if Houston gets a chance to hire him, they're going to. I think they'd be smart to, for sure. And they've got right. so much draft capital. You're right, J.D. They make a lot of sense for the Saints because they can give up the number 12 pick, which would be great for the Saints, and they still have multiple first-round picks in the future that they can lean on to rebuild. We're going to finish the show talking about the NFL playoffs, but I, I want to spend five to ten minutes, and I know a lot of you came to listen about football, but I think it's important. We didn't talk about the Pelicans last week, and I think it is important today to talk about them. Because, Dunk, and, and again, this is going to be a five to ten-minute conversation. If you want to leave a comment about them, you're, you're more than welcome to. We'll, we'll take it here. But the Pelicans are in a weird situation right now. As, to me, for the first time, all season long, the injuries to the two stars are finally catching up with them. They've run through a gauntlet of teams, and you see the schedule. You know, they lost to the Heat, who are playing much better right now. They lost to the Cavaliers uh, early on Martin Luther King Day, and then last week had a tough time with the Pistons. But the schedule coming up, and I was talking about this on Bayou Betch yesterday, and I haven't looked still. But their schedule in March and April must be pretty darn easy because they're running through a gauntlet right now. Yeah. And I don't think that game tonight is going to be any piece of cake. Or no. A lot of good young talent. That's a that's a fun probably, team to watch. Probably the rookie of the year. Yeah, that's a fun team to watch. I, I really like watching them play. And they, they bring it every night because they're young and hungry. Uh, I think that's going to be more difficult. But, I look, I love Christian Clark's uh, story this week. I, I think somebody finally got it out there about Brandon Ingram. I mean, it's an issue. Uh, you know, people want to say, you know, he's hurt. I get it, but he was hurt last year with like seven different injuries. And now he's got this toe that's been lingering. And I can tell you internally, it's an issue. It's an in- issue with the Pelicans. that they, they Basically, it's up to Brandon Ingram when he plays. He's been cleared by the medical staff. So it's just up to him. And you're just kind of at the mercy of Brandon Ingram. And, and these star players these days, it's not just the NBA it's a similar situation with Mike Thomas with the Saints. They all have their own people now. They all have their own trainers, their own. Where have we gone, Jeff Duncan? Where have we gone? It's And it's so everyone's in their ears. And, and look, there's a lot of money on the line. And, uh, you know, players understandably uh, want to look out for their own best interest because teams will definitely push you through injuries and it's not your best interest. So I get this complicated thing. But right now, Brandon Ingram, the fact is missed 26 year with wave injuries. He's missed more than that already this year. Uh, I have a hard time thinking that you know, this is going to be your guy, you, your bell cow that you hang your hat on going forward. I know everybody loves Brandon Ingram out there, but to me, the alpha, the, the number one guy on this team has to be Zion Williamson, and they need to get him back on the court and healthy as soon as possible. And before we move back to the NFL and talk about the playoffs, I mean, what scares me about Zion is I think he wants to play as soon as he can get out there. That's that's what I believe. Um, but we have seen this movie before, and we're going to find out a lot more probably next week. Uh, the three weeks on Zion is just about up. Um, but, look, we've seen him have injuries in the past where they say it's only going to be a few weeks. 
and it turns into a few months or even a season. What's your, what's your worry concern there as far as when he might come back? Well, I'll be shocked if he's back before the All-Star break. You know, I think yeah. your, your point about the schedule being tough is, is accurate because they got to kind of tread water, I think, and to get to the All-Star break, get everybody healthy and get them on the court and make a, a run. But, you know, this people tend to think the All-Star break is like the midway point of the season. It's not. It's, That's right. We've already passed that. Yeah, it's like almost three-quarters of the way through the season. So you don't have a lot of time to make up ground. They're losing a lot of ground here. I mean, the West is so competitive, though, uh, the you know the Pelicans are I think still going to be in the mix for a top seed if they can get those guys. But we see the potential. Look, they're going to make a move here. It's pretty obvious. That, that was my next question uh, before yeah, we get out of the Pelicans. Yeah, I think they'll make a move too. What yeah. what, what do you where do you uh, see there, them? There's a couple, couple places on the wing. They're going to look for either you know a swingman type player, either def- they could bring in defensive help there or. Yeah a shooter, a wing shooter like a Bojanovich in, in, in Detroit right now. Right. Bojanovich, I'm butchering his name. but That's I why that, I let you butcher it. I'm not. Yeah, I know. Just my lips aren't working today. <laughs> but but like somebody like that. And, look, they've got some guys. They're so deep right now. They've got some guys on the bench, I think, that are not happy in their roles, and they want to do right by them as well. You know, So they, I think they're going to move some guys like a Devontae Graham, uh, Willie Hernan Gomez, Gomez, I know they like because he's a great guy for their bench. He's a culture guy, but he's a good player. He's not hardly playing at all. And well, and that's kind of like last year, Dunk, when they didn't want to get rid of Josh Hart. Right. That was the, like, the last guy they really wanted to get. He was, you know, pardon the pun, but he was kind of the heart and soul on the bench. Uh, and, it, you know, you could tell when he left and, you know, when they played Portland again later in the year that, the hugs that they gave them. I mean, they didn't want to trade them, but sometimes you have to part with a player you don't want to yeah. trade with to get. I mean, the other team's got to get something out of it. They're yeah, not, for sure. These teams aren't dumb bunnies. You know, they they want to get something. And look, I think Kyra Lewis. I mean, he, unfortunately for him, he had that injury, and we saw the development of Jose Alvarado, and basically he got Wally Pip by Alvarado. He's now the main primary backup yeah. point guard. And, so did uh, Devontae Graham. Yeah, there's just no there's no really role now for Kyra Lewis. So he's an asset that you can trade because he was a former first-round pick, and he's, right. he's a good player. So I could see them moving any of those guys, Jackson Hayes as well. Be interesting to see. Uh, I think the trade deadline is coming up, what, a week and a half? Is that yes. something, something along those lines? So that I think there will be moves made there. All right, I want to go back to the NFL because we want to talk about playoffs. Uh, we got about 10, 12 minutes left in the show. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about Sean Payton, and rightfully so. Dunk, but the, to me, this is my favorite weekend of the year, uh, sports-wise. It, it it encapsulates everything that you know. You got football from Saturday afternoon until Sunday night. You had it last week. It's my favorite two weekends, but I enjoy this round more than any other round. Next week is kind of a, you know, it's it, it, it's it's hyped. It's super hyped and. Sometimes the games don't live up to what they're supposed to live up to. Sometimes they do. But to have four games, interesting matchups, all of them I think are interesting, even Jacksonville and Kansas City. Uh, Which one of these four are you waiting to watch the most? Well, first of all, I want to call you out because you said that the Bucs were going to beat the Cowboys. I I did. I was completely wrong. 
The Cowboys are good, man. How come you don't call me out when I when I'm right? Yeah, just bring it out. I've been waiting <laughs> waiting till we got to this round because my boy Mike McCarthy, I'm so defiant for him. Well, we're gonna get to Mike McCarthy in just a minute. No one wants to give me credit. How many games does a guy have to win before people think he's a good coach? So anyway, more than more than he has now. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously, he's gonna win another Super Bowl. No one's no win. Everybody's gonna credit Dan when Quinn he's 82 years old. Yeah, but I it ain't gonna that, be this year. That game, I think you and I are on the same page there. I think whoever wins the Cowboys 49ers is going to be my pick to win the Super Bowl. I think that whoever wins that's going to beat Philly if they emerge. 100%. I'm not 100% sure they're going to beat. I don't them. think they're going to win. Yeah, I think they could easily lose that game. I, th- I don't like the way they're finishing the season. I think the Giants are well coached. They got a little momentum. And they, they can go into Philly with a us against the world mentality. Uh, I think if Philly gets behind early, Against the Giants, they're in trouble because I think the I pressure and the expectations are going to just all come crumbling down on them. There's a lot of pressure on Philly, I think, because they're the number one seed. So the Giants, I mean, the Cowboys, 49ers, I, I'm high on both those teams. I, I would take the Cowboys in that just because you're getting the points, but it wouldn't shock me if the 49ers roll them. You know, the 49ers are so good. Uh, I think Dak has to play well, can't turn it over. But in my, in my column this week for the – Nola Betts page, I think that game's going over because I think the defenses are so good, they're going to create some turnovers and some short fields there. Uh, well, they're going to be turnovers. Yeah, so. I think I think both quarterbacks could throw some picks. I so I think that game could, could score high. You notice this past weekend, J.D., that a lot of the games went over. I mean, it was high scoring. because yeah. you got, It goes back to your point earlier. At this stage, you got really good quarterbacks. And – Great quarterback play almost trumps everything. When you get in this game, quarterbacks, I mean, coaches lean on their quarterbacks, and you see just really high-level quarterback play. It's something the Saints don't have. I don't have a good feel for either of the AFC games, so I'd like to defer to you and what you feel about those games. Do you and Mike McCarthy go spend a week in Miami and hang out by the pool drinking uh, Mai Tais uh, in in March and April? Keeps winning. No one, these guys won 12 games back to back years. I don't think they were winning that many games before he got there. And I don't think the Packers are doing all that great now that he's left, are they? The, the greatest accomplishment, I think, for Mike McCarthy is not winning a Super Bowl, it's turning Aaron Brooks into a quarterback. That's my opinion. But uh, that was uh, 20 years ago. I mean, more than that now. I mean, you're talking about 24, 25, 23 years ago, 2000, 1999, 2000. Um, I, I don't get it. Uh, I, you know what I think too, and I, I made a joke about this, but I think that ha- I think maybe maybe I just wanted Dallas to lose because I would have wanted to see what what would happen had they lost this past Monday night. Would would Jerry Jones fire Mike McCarthy and then try to go out to Sean Payton himself? I don't think he would have fired him, but I think if. It's a possibility he might have done it, but we don't have to worry about that because they destroyed. No, they absolutely did. I was look. I, I put way too much stock in the fact that I thought Tom Brady was going to have one last run in him. Tom Brady is. I don't care whether they couldn't protect. Tom Brady looks like he weighs 160 pounds. I, something no, is not right with Tom Brady. It's not. Just, look, I think if you protect Brady, he's fine. I just think in this game. You've got to be able to protect. You've got to have an offensive line. I mean, no, nobody can operate if you don't have an offensive look at, look at the Chargers when, you know, Justin Herbert. Oh, that's season. a whole different story. 
Yeah, I'm just Brandon saying, like, if you don't have an offensive line, it's hard to do much of anything, you know. But but in in going back to that, I just knew the other thing that I was big on that Cowboys game was everyone was talking about. Oh, they haven't won a road playoff game. You know, Mike McCarthy's in trouble if he gets. You know, they just all got they got tired of it. You can just tell they had that edge in that game, and they were not going to lose. They just got tired of hearing about that stuff. And right. Well, sometimes, sometimes that stuff matters, you know, especially when you're a better team too. You know, they're the better team, and it was a two and a half point spread to me. That was the best bet of the year, other than what you and I both agree on was Georgia TCU, which was the greatest. Oh, Georgia was Georgia was like free. That was like free money. We we should have just taken our retirement. We really should have. I mean, I, I should have, and more than getting somebody to paint their face. That's for sure. Jeff Duncan and Jim Derry here on Datitude uh, on Friday morning. I want to say what I think about San Francisco game. Now, look, I was wrong last week, so I'm putting myself out there again to be wrong again. What they did last week means nothing, in my opinion. I mean nothing. Tampa Bay is awful. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs. They were not even the best team in the NFC South. It just so happened that it worked out, and they kind of lucked their way into that position. To me, the Saints were the best team in the NFC South, but that's a whole different story. They didn't win the division. They would have showed up to me way better than Tampa Bay showed up last week. The Saints against Dallas would have been a much better game because the Saints would have played defense and forced Dak into some issues. I think that would have been a low score. And remember when they played a couple years ago and it was 12 to 10? Yeah. I, I think it would have been that kind of game had they played Dallas again. So neither here nor there. But that being said, the San Francisco 49ers do have a defense. I think Mr. Bosa is going to be in the face of Dak Prescott all day long. You talk about turnovers, and I agree. I think Brock Purdy has not seen a defense like this either. Right. I think both quarterbacks, it would not surprise me if both quarterbacks threw two interceptions this week. It's it's one of the most – well, they're all interesting, I think, even Jacksonville, Kansas City. But I am I am looking forward to that Dallas-San Francisco game. But I do think that San Francisco not only wins, but I think they cover. And I think they cover easily. I think it'll be close until halftime, but I think Dak's going to make a big mistake in the second half at some point, maybe in the third quarter, and I think their kicking woes could come back to bite them. We'll find out. Uh, that's going to be fascinating. How, really how is. Brett Maher recovers. I mean, that's fascinating. I, I do think, I don't know. I'm shocked that they haven't made the change. I'm not a big, like, prop bet guy or anything, but yeah. I do think Christian McCaffrey has a chance to have a monster game. I agree wholeheartedly. I think I think they're going to lean on McCaffrey more than they've leaned on him. In any, and not only that, I think Debo Samuel is going to play a huge role in this game as well. They've been kind of like backed off him because he had the injury. They didn't want to use him too, too much. We saw a little bit flashes of him last week. They didn't really need him to do too much against Seattle. I think Debo plays a huge role. And then in the other NFC game, I've said this a couple of times now. I think that, look, I know he's not even on the injury report any longer, but Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to do the things that Jalen Hurts is used to doing. That shoulder, shoulders don't heal that quickly. So they're not going to let him just run all over the place. He's going to be hindered by that. And so I think the Giants are going to take advantage. This is a big Saquon Barkley game, in my opinion. Philly's got a great pass defense, but they haven't been great the last five, six weeks or so. Daniel Jones, I'm not just because of what he did last week, but I think this is a Saquon 22, 24, 26 carry. They backed off. He's been running 16, 18 times a game. This is a game where I think he runs 24, 26 times. And I think the Giants have a chance to win this game. No, I'm with you. And one other point is, you know, we know Philly's got that 
incredible pass rush, right? 70 sacks this year. Right. Second most in NFL history. But Daniel Jones is a mobile guy. People forget. Very. Very athletic guy. I think he's going to be able to scramble around by some time. He's going to need to because the line, the Giants line is not that great. But I think he's the kind of guy that can extend some plays with that great pass rush and make some plays downfield. I, I really like the Giants in this game. I think he can do Jalen Hurts types things. Yeah. I mean, he can't. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's a different kind of quarterback. Uh, but, you know, he showed it last week. He rushed for 78 yards, 79 yards. No. I think 70 of them were in the first half against Minnesota. Now, look, Minnesota's got a bad defense. There's a reason why they fired their defensive coordinator this week. So, again, it kind of like I can't be, you know, a hypocrite. If you can't take a lot out of what Dallas did against Tampa Bay, then you can't take a ton out of what the Giants did against Minnesota. But the fact that the Giants, who weren't even supposed to be here, and what Brian Dable has done in his rookie season, I mean, to me, the best rookie head coach is Sean Payton in 2006, in my opinion. I mean, back when Peyton led the Saints to the NFC Championship game, nobody saw that coming. I mean, you can talk about Drew Brees all you want, but no one knew that Drew Brees was going to be Drew Brees right. back in 2006. That was a different thing. All right, to the AFC, um, of course, everyone's going to talk about the Bengals and Buffalo, and rightfully so. But this, this, this Jags-Chiefs game could have a little wrinkle in it. I'm hearing there could be snow or you know, freezing drizzle or sleet or some kind of ice. It's going to be a, it could be a weird weather game. So I kind of like the under if I had to, now I got Kansas City in a teaser league. I don't want to give spoiler alert to when I'm making a pick here in my podcast in just a few minutes. So I like, I think Kansas City is the teaser leg of the year. Getting six points, but you got to parlay them with something else. Maybe the Bengals at plus 11 and a half. I, I just think this is going to be a weird game because of the weather. But I don't think it matters to Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm with you. I, I think uh, it, the weather does, I think, factor in there. But, you know, Kansas City's been running the ball a little bit better. Isaiah Pacheco's kind of come on. Yes. I think they're, they're going to be able to run the ball. I, I like, obviously, I like Kansas City in this game. Uh, but I do think Jacksonville's kind of can go into that stadium with a, you know, no one believes in us mentality. I mean, they have nothing to lose. No one yeah, that's, that's not going to work two weeks in a row. Yeah, look, I don't have a good feel for either AFC game, but I do think they're both going to be fun to watch. Uh, you know, you got great quarterback play, all four quarterbacks. This is my column for tomorrow, a little spoiler alert. Uh, NOLA.com will be up here in about an hour, and I know you may have seen this on social media. All eight quarterbacks this weekend are Manning Passing Academy alums. It's pretty Man, amazing. I know that. Yeah, all eight starters. Matter of fact, Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones were at the MPA in the same year, they were like, uh, you know, roommates together. Now they're going against each other. But it's, it's a testament to the, what that camp's, that camp's uh, prestigious reputation that all eight guys starting uh, were at the Manning Passing Academy. Well, when you talk about quarterbacks, to me, there's no better quarterback matchup than the Bengals and the Bills. Um, Joe Burrow, I, I think Joe Burrow, call me a homer if you want, but I think Joe Burrow has surpassed Josh Allen. If I had to pick one of these guys to, to lead me in the future, I'd take Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I probably would too. And I, that's, I wouldn't you know, dismiss Josh Allen at all. But No, I'm not Joe dismissing Burrow, Joe Burrow's special leader. Joe yeah. Burrow's special guy. Now, what I have heard, and I haven't checked this, J.D., you may know better than me, but I heard the offensive line for the Bengals kind of banged up. It is messed up. They got, three, they got three that are out this week. Well, they have two that are out for sure, and then – I don't think they know whether Alex Kappa's playing or not. I don't know if he's been ruled out or not. Uh, That's I need a to go look at that. 
it is a big-time concern, and they have issues in their defensive backfield. And we know, I mean, Saints fans know how much Eli Apple stinks, and he's hurt. So um, we saw it happen last week. Look, I don't think the Bengals are going to win this game. But that being said, uh, as pairing them in a teaser league with Kansas City, I would be shocked if they get blown out. And honestly, I think they're going to cover as well. Five and a half points. I didn't understand this line when it came out. I thought it would be more like three and a half. And we saw what the Bengals did in a very short window before DeMar Hamlin's injury. Um, And again, this is a completely different situation, but I'm not betting against Joe Burrow. I'm just not. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Joe Burrow is a special guy, special leader. He's going to know that he's got some protection issues. He'll adjust. I mean, much the way Brady does down in Tampa. He'll get the ball out quick. Uh, So I I think – that game's going to be one, a really special one to watch. Obviously, the history with what happened here a few weeks ago, DeMar Hamlin, that's going to be a huge narrative in the game. Uh, and I think I'm a little worried, though. Like, Buffalo's a team has incredible, like, if you look at just the raw numbers, I mean, they should be in the Super Bowl. I mean, this their defense. But we keep awful. saying that about them. No, but I'm, I'm a little worried about them. They're a little inconsistent. They're even inconsistent within a game. They're inconsistent, and when's Josh the, Allen turns, turns it when, over a lot. I, when's I'm, the last dominating game you saw him play? I mean, the, to me, the last one I remember off the top of my head is Week Two against Tennessee. Yeah, I don't I think. That, I mean, they played well against Kansas City, obviously, but I have not seen them play. You know, people were talking about these sharps that I listened to after Week Two. They were talking about how go bet the farm on Buffalo. I mean, they're still a bargain. They were down like minus. They were plus three hundred to win the. Super Bowl, three to one to win the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't bet it then or whatever, but it wasn't like a fait play after two weeks. I mean, this team is, is you talk about issues. They could lose to anybody and beat anybody, in my opinion. Well, I mean, that Minnesota game was a prime example, right? I mean, they had about five chances. No business losing that game. Yeah, they had five chances to win that game and, and, and kept messing up in their own, you know, self, self-inflicted wounds. To me, they they're a little risky. Uh, you know, I think Kansas City is clearly the team to beat in the AFC. Well, and here's the reason what, what scares me about Cincinnati is I think they could lose big. I don't think they're going to. But if you crack that door open for Burrow, if you leave him with a he, – he's going to be – I mean, I hate to compare him to Joe Montana, but if he has a window at the end of that game – Cincinnati's going to – I'm going to lob better. Ask the New Orleans Saints about that, right? Yeah. I mean, if he gets the ball at his own 20 with two minutes to go and they're down three, at the minimum it's going in overtime. If he gets the ball down three at his own 20 with two and a half to go, they're going to win the game. Joe Burrow's going to find a way to win the game. And they showed last year he got sacked, I think, eight or nine times against Tennessee in the playoffs, and they still won. It doesn't make a difference to him. He finds ways to get out of that. That's why if there's any quarterback other than Patrick Mahomes who can deal with offensive line problems, I think it's Joe Burrow. And that's yeah, why I think they, they have a good chance to win. But I do think they, they're going to have to get something out of their defense or special teams, I think. For sure. You know, they need, they can't they need give a third. little help because he just can't drop back. I mean, if they can't run the ball at all, I just think, you know, but I agree with you. This game's close to the fourth quarter. It's very dangerous for Buffalo. I have not seen Josh Allen put together a, a solid 60 minutes in a long time. I'm just saying that. And I know everyone, you know, Sharps keep using these numbers of of all season long and average yards per play, and that's great. But, you know, sometimes you have to look at what they've done recently. And what Josh Allen has done recently 
is turn the football over. So I don't care what defense is out there. If you keep turning the ball over and making mistakes, which is what he's done, I think you crack the door open for this Bengals team, and I think Joe Burrow is going to run through it. We, we will find out on Sunday. So I guess being said, I would think to go through it, I think Philly's going to win, but I think it's going to be a, a small win. I like the Giants with the points. I think San Francisco rolls over Dallas. I know my friend Jeff Duncan doesn't think that's going to happen. He He's hanging out with Mike McCarthy. They're going to have my ties. I mean, don't really. Keep I think doubting them. Keep doubting them, Jay. In about five, four or five days, you could probably go have your, your my ties. I like the over in that game. That's that's my bet of the weekend. Okay. Take the over Cowboys 49ers. All right. And then in the AFC, uh, I think KC covers. I don't think it's as easy as we've kind of been spewing. I think they cover, but I don't think they cover until later. But Patrick Mahomes against Trevor Lawrence. If you want to run to the window and bet on Trevor Lawrence, then you go for it. But I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes there. And then uh, I like the Bengals with the points, but I do think the Bills win the football game. Going to be a fun weekend, uh, Dunk. And next week we'll be talking about AFC and NFC championship games. That's always interesting. Yeah, this weekend, I agree with you, is the best weekend of the year because the game, basically the, the pretenders have been eliminated and we got the real teams, uh, the, the Super Bowl contenders, and, and you're going to have four great games, two two days of, of afternoon, night football. It's just, it's going to be amazing and a great quarterback play. None of this stuff that we've had to watch all season long with the, the That's Warriors. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'd even take Trevor Lawrence at this point. That's, that's yeah, awesome. I, I definitely would take Trevor Lawrence there. I don't know what you're, why you're against Trevor Lawrence. I think he's pretty good. I think he's played pretty think well. He's second average half at best. But I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes. Did you see the first quarter and a half last week? I know, against, but you also saw him lead that team back, you know? Well, you saw him lead that team back because Brandon Staley might be the worst coach in the NFL. Well, I mean, well, I you know, I'd personally rather, and I don't, mean this to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'd rather Pete Carmichael be my head coach than wow. Brandon Staley. I'm wow. just I'm just saying. That guy's I don't think Staley's awful. not bad. I think Staley's okay. He's a guy that reads off of an analytics card and whatever his card says, whatever the computer spits out, that's what he's gonna do. Forget feel or what you're supposed to do. And what's even worse is against Jacksonville, he didn't use the card. He he did the opposite of, he's like this risky coach doing all these weird things, and he was went complete conservative mode. And it was, bit him in the ass. What was amazing was they got, I think they got five turnovers and lost. I mean, that's un- it's, it's unfathomable. In yeah. any NFL game that you win the turnover battle by five, honestly, uh, so somebody, I think, I'm not, I think that four, if you had more than four, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if it was, if the turnover battle was more than four over the last, 40 or 50 years, the teams were like 319 and 0. <laughs> I mean, you Makes have sense. to like literally try to lose the game, in my opinion. But that's a whole nother story. Don't get me started. See, you're gonna you're gonna have a two hour show if you if you if you get me yeah. started. So we gotta wrap this up. Let's get let's yeah. get going. Yeah. We're, we're gonna wrap it up. That Bywater Chantilly. Exactly. Joke. I was gonna say we're we're gonna actually gonna wrap it up right now because I want you to let me know how that Bywater cake is. There will be a quiz next Friday morning at 9.15. You got it. Bywater Bakery, Chantilly will be on the way. And, and maybe we'll have a little side bet uh, between the between the, us on the Cowboys 49ers and the loser has to buy a king cake. I think that is a good bet uh, right now. You, right. you want to do it right now? Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys. You take the Niners. 
and the loser buys the other one a king cake of their choice. I think that is a great deal, and uh, the only stipulation is if you lose, you can't have Mike McCarthy buy it for you. <laughs> okay. All talk right. to you next Friday, Don. All right, bro. We'll talk to you. Well, uh, we knew we couldn't get past the King Cake talk. Interesting conversation there. All kinds of little nuggets. Look, I t- I've told you this before. Duncan and I work well together for multiple reasons. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, I don't know how many of you have listened to me broadcast games, and I do that on Varsity Sports Now, uh, broadcast high school games. And Jim Rapier is my partner. Well, Jeff Duncan is kind of similar to Jim Raper, and I need a gang to go with my yin. Is yin the loud one, or is yang? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe he's the yin to my yin. I don't know. Whatever it is, whatever loud is, that's the one I am. I'm yin. Crazy, get a little goofy, you know. And yang needs to bring you down and be normal, level-headed. I mean, not that I'm not level-headed in the grand scheme of things and in the real world. But I get fired up. I get emotional about things. And sometimes I need reality to help. Or not not necessarily reality, because I think I have a lot of reality. But a little woosah. A little little chill. So that's what Jeff Duncan and Jim Rapier do to me. That's why they're great partners. Not only that for Jeff... He's in the know. I've said this a hundred times before. People don't realize how much Jeff Duncan is in the know, not just when it comes to the Saints, but I think in the NFL as a whole. He's, I mean, he 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 might not get the same amount of text that the Shefties of the world get, in the Rappaports and whoever else, but he gets a lot of them. He knows what the hell's going on. That's why we like having him here on this show, and that's why he's a good partner to have and will continue to be on this show as long as he wants to do it on Fridays at 9.15 a.m. Let's move on to continue our talk about the NFL playoffs and Uncle Playoffs. See, I told you you couldn't do it. Can't do it. You cannot say, I dare you. It's like eating one potato chip. I dare you to try it right now. If you're in your car, wherever you are, you got headphones on, people might think you're crazy. I don't care. Right now, say it with me, playoffs. Say playoffs with me. Playoffs. Playoffs. See, you can't you can't do it. You just can't you can't do it. All right. We're gonna have Jim Mora on the show again at some point. Um he did it. I had him on the show back in what, August? And he did it. He did playoffs. He did it himself. Go back and find it. I don't know what number episode it was. It's not hard to find. Go find it. Go on my SoundCloud page. It's one of the featured uh, podcasts. It's easy to find. Okay. All that. See, I told you I digress. That's why I need a yang or a yin or whatever. I don't know. I think I'm yin, right? The the other person's yang. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Best bets with Uncle Big Nick. A little spoiler alert. We kind of think the same way this week. I don't know if it's good or bad or mediocre, or whatever it is, but it's coming up right now. Uncle Big Nick, can we make some picks today? Mom, can we please? Can we make some picks today? That is the question. Well, of course we can. 
Hopefully I mean, I can we'll make, make picks every day. I mean, yeah, well, you do make picks every day. Yes. Uncle Big Nick, what's going on? It should be a good week because I got to hear my intro today. Well, it should be a good week because you're wearing that shirt. People can't see you, but it's really red and it's got a number on it. That look like the Kool-Aid man. It don't have a number on it. Yeah, it does have a number on it. Yeah, 49. I thought I was thinking of a jersey number. Okay. Well, one of my uh, one of my number forty nine for the forty niners. I don't know if they have a forty nine. Maybe they retired it. Could be. I don't know, but uh, people don't want to hear dead air. That's what we're giving them right now. Let's give them picks instead. We're gonna. I got a, uh, one of my employees is a huge Cowboys fan, so I figured I'd wear this. I'm sorry. Who who would be a huge Cowboy? It's amazing the Cowboys fans just coming out of the woodwork this morning. Oh, it's the, this whole week. You know, right. you know, it ain't set up for disappointment for them at all. No, not at all. Let's make some picks. Try to do a little bit better than we did last week. Uh, I was one and one, but I was minus 30 because I lost my big bet. My teaser with the Giants and Tom Brady let me down. And I've been through all the how the I put too much stock into Tom Brady. And I can't believe that I did that, but I did it. Whatever. Minus 30 on the week. And uh, you were two and one. You were plus 12. You hit your Dallas. You were right about Dallas. Uh, I was not. And Jacksonville Moneyline, boy, that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, that was fun. It was a lot more fun when I got it at plus 2,500 when it was 27 nothing. Yeah, go ahead and brag. I was at dinner. Otherwise, <laughs> I probably would have bet something similar. Um, by the time I realized that it was a little bit too late to bet it. So we'll get to our picks here, divisional round. Um, we each get three picks, and we're each taking three picks. What is your first pick? You got 10 to win 94, this better be a pretty good one, 10 to win 94. It's a money line parlay because I just can't not bet it because I will bet it. The Giants and Cincy to win on the money line. The Giants are plus 285. Cincy's plus 185. I mean, I I don't trust Buffalo at all. I know Cincy has a bunch of injuries to the offensive line, but I, I mean, they had a terrible offensive line last year. They made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I trust Josh Allen. I don't trust Josh Allen in a big game yet. I trust Burrow. Josh Allen seems like he just wants to hit home runs. He won't take the checkdowns. He won't. He, he wants the big plays. And I, I'll trust Burrow in this situation more than I trust Allen. And with the Giants, it's just, it seems like they're a team of destiny, maybe. I mean, I thought that for TCU, too. Uh, not a team of destiny, but it just seems like they're playing well at the right times. And Philly... So you're trying to sell people by telling you that, that that's what you felt about TCU. That's how you're going to sell them? No, I'm not trying to sell it. I mean, I, I, you know what I mean. It's just not not necessarily a team of destiny. They're, they're playing well at the right time. Put it that way. I should have right. said that. All right, Stanford Steve. Um, I Look, $10 to win 94. I don't think the odds are bad. Plus, plus 840, I guess, are, are the odds on that. Um, here's the problem I have with it. I think both of them have a decent chance to win. I don't know that it's good enough to put a parlay on. I guess at those odds, it's not a terrible bet, especially if you only bet ten bucks. Yeah, so we're I not. Mean, I we're, just got to throw it out there. I'm going to. Of course, bet you're it not. You're not really. Yeah, I'm going to say you're not really going to bet ten bucks. No, I'm not. This is you're just betting the ten bucks on the show. You're going to bet yeah. way more than ten bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would bet ten bucks, but and then I'm going to hedge it with straight bets on the line. So. Okay. Well, I, I don't. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Um, I, I think both teams have a, a decent chance to win. 
but the fact the but both of them pulling it off is is interesting. Crazy stuff always happens in this round. Well, you know, it leads into my first pick. And again, you know, I talk about Aunt Mabel and Drunk Joe, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, I'm talking about the general betting public. And you don't really want to be on the side of the general betting public because there's a reason why the casinos win. There's a reason why bookmakers win. It's because the betting public is generally dumb. And so you really, what I try to do more often than not is fade the public. But for some reason, I guess I'm with them in a lot of cases this week. Um, there's only only a three bet, so it can't be a whole ton. But Uncle Big Nick's first bet kind of leads into my first one. It's a straight bet. The Giants plus seven and a half against Philadelphia. Look, I did make a small money line parlay myself uh, with the Giants. Uh, but that being said, I don't feel strongly enough about it to make it a best bet. I'd rather take the seven and a half points. I never want to bet minus seven and a half because I hate that hook. If this, if I were betting Philadelphia here, I would buy the hook and just take the seven. I do think the Giants are going to play well. And I know all the sharps, it seems like, are all over Philadelphia, but I don't get it. Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to play the same game that he's used to playing. Jalen Hurts is one bad hit to not be an in. Exactly. And, and look, I, and Lane Johnson's supposedly coming back, but is he going to be 100%? I just I don't like what I've seen by Philadelphia in the last three weeks of the regular season, and not just because Gardner Minshew played in two of those games. I just don't think they're fully healthy, even with the week off. I think the Giants are on a roll, and I'm not a recency bias kind of better. But the Giants have been good against the spread all year long, and I think they're going to be good here. I think this is going to be a dogfight. Me too. I don't, I don't necessarily think the Giants are going to win the, the game outright. They could. But I think this is going to go into the fourth quarter as a fight, and I think it's going to be a really good game. And so, I think the spread is way too high. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. And, again, I don't like being with the public, but – I like the pick. I think it's gonna be a tight one. Giants plus seven and a half for twenty-two dollars to win twenty. What is your next pick? You got forty-five to win forty. I'm taking Kansas City to blow out Jacksonville. Uh, you want me to compare the TCU thing? I think this is Georgia TCU all over again. I don't think it's gonna be sixty-five to seven, but I could see forty-one ten something like that. I mean Jacksonville fought their hearts out to beat Tennessee. Then they had to come back from the 27-0 to beat Justin Herbert. And I just think they're they going into a mess here, and it's a horrible spot for them. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. By the way, uh, lines this morning have changed a little bit since last night, so I have to alter my number. It's actually Giants plus eight now. Um, and so we're going to go by numbers as of this morning. Uh, these are not... Necessarily the numbers I had in my picks column yesterday because they have changed since yesterday. So it's Kansas City minus nine over Jacksonville now. I knew that would change because they're going to try to screw up my my part my teaser leg. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But uh, I also uh, like that as well. But again, this is another pick that is with the public and not with the sharps. The sharps. I was watching some sharps yesterday that I don't know. Um, but they all like Jacksonville. They think Jacksonville's got a chance to win outright. I'm not sure what, what they're watching. They ain't um, no way. I, I don't be, get it. I'd be so shocked if that, like, shocked I don't get is an understatement. I'd be if that happened. Yeah, and now they're talking about, I'll tell you what else I like. I know everybody's all over the over because it's Kansas City, and I think I had the over even in my column. But the more I go along, the more I'm starting to like the under in this game. There could be snow, and if not snow, it could be, like, wet. 
wet snow type thing. That Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence is going to be. I, I Lawrence think he's is gonna be horrible if it's bad weather. Yeah, he's and I think so much in bad weather, even in college. Yeah, I think there's going to be bad weather here. So I don't like Trevor. I think this is a game where Kansas City could win like forty to ten. That's what I just said. Forty-one to ten. Oh, really? I didn't even. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't hear that part, but uh, yeah, I just I think it's I think it's a blowout too. So I like this pick a lot. Uh, forty-five to win forty. Um, why is it forty-five to win forty? By the way, forty-four. Not, I'm sorry, okay. I wrote it down wrong. Okay, forty-four to win forty. It's a regular spread bet. Um, yeah, I am fully endorsed this pick, so I'm all over this as I'm well. I'm not overthinking this week. Like I'm just going by what I think I know, yeah. and yeah. I'm not trying to look. I didn't look at any trends. I didn't look at any. This I is did. what happens when this happens and all that. I just go on. Yeah, with it. I did look at trends, but you know what? They didn't enter all that much because the trends kind of favor what I liked anyway. So, speaking of that, anytime well, I read too much in it, I take TCU over Georgia. So. Yeah, well, I'll tell you how that was going to go, and I'm not even a college dude. Um, all right, my next pick is going to be one you really like, and I'm guessing it's going to be part of, or it, it might be your bet. I don't even know because we don't talk about what our bets are before, but I got the San Francisco 49ers over the Dallas Cowboys, minus four, 22. Yeah, that's to, my 55 to win 50. Okay, well, there you go, so we can both talk about it. Um, yeah. 22 to win 20, um, and really, if I had – if I would have known the teaser number of Kansas City was was what it was going to be before, I would change it. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to change this live. I'm going to make this 33 to win 30, and I'm going to change my teaser bet from 60 to 48. How about that? Um, so I'm changing this on the spot. I'm betting 33 to win 30 on San Francisco. Look, hey, the Sharks. I don't understand why they love Dallas in this spot. I mean, they don't usually react to stuff, but do they realize how terrible Dak is when he gets pressure on him? I just don't get this at all. Bosa's going to be in his face all day long. Prescott's going to throw probably at least one pick. He might throw two. Tampa Bay, you can't judge anything off of what Dallas did against Tampa Bay. And, and that I, was I the mean, only game everybody got to watch Monday night. So now exactly. they all think Dallas is great. I mean, nothing. You can't judge anything. That team was toast. They were done. I was wrong. I was completely wrong about Tampa Bay. I thought Tom Brady would have a lot of fight, even though all the trends of him being terrible in the last half of the season, a 45-year-old quarterback playing like a 55-year-old man, it, it shouldn't but, have been a surprise to me, and I was wrong about it. But that game, I, I just don't see how San Francisco have, doesn't win He anymore. had like a second and a half to throw. Yeah, everybody thinks it's going to be a great game. It's going to be tight. I'm not saying Dallas is going to win, but it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be tight at all. I think the Niners – and the, the only way – this is the only way it's tight to me is if Brock Purdy finally realizes that he was the last pick of the draft and he's a rookie and has a little butterflies or whatever and plays like So you're saying it's gonna be, the only way it's tight is if Brock Purdy turns into Jimmy G. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> you laugh, but if Brock Purdy stinks, I don't think Kyle Shanahan is going to wait to pull the plug. Jimmy G's going to be active this week, isn't he? No. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe. he took his boot off and he's walking fine, but he still ain't ready to play. Okay, I thought he was. He, they close. said he wouldn't be ready to the championship game. Okay, so give me give me your take on it. I mean, I, you know, like I said, this this kid, it's like he doesn't know he was the last pick in the draft. It's like he doesn't know he's not supposed to do this. Yeah. Like he's got all the confidence in the world right now. He's playing great. He's not playing bad at all. People say, well, he hasn't faced a good defense. He hasn't faced adversity. He played in Vegas. Vegas don't have a great defense, but he had to win a shootout. Last week, Seattle gave him all they can handle in the first half. It was 17-16, they losing. 
he comes out in the second half and lights him up and plays great. I know the defense played great too, but I, I just think this kid can do it. I, if uh, Dallas gets sure. pressure on him, he can run, he can move. He I'm can not run, sure Dallas has a great defense anyway. I don't think so either. I think their secondary is terrible. I mean, Micah Parsons is Michael banged Parsons up. Micah Parsons is absolutely great, and but he's, he's banged a little up. banged up. Yeah. Good luck trying to figure out where Parsons got to go. Is he going to attack Debo, Kittle, or CMC? Which way he's going to come? Yeah, I'm against the Sharps against this one. I don't understand it. Uh, maybe I'll understand it on Sunday, but uh, I did not. I did diversify my portfolio, so to speak, though. I didn't put everything. I wanted to so bad. I wanted to include San Francisco in everything. Teasers, Moneyline, Parlay. I didn't do it because I learned my lesson from Tampa Bay this week. But... I don't I'm know. trying to separate my heart from it. my brain with this. Well, uh, I mean, I guess I, I want to put everything on it. I guess I'm in a similar boat because I mean, I have I have futures riding on San Francisco, but I have futures riding on Cincinnati too, and I don't. I don't. You know what else is the elephant in the room we haven't discussed yet? What if us? Yeah. We're the yeah. two elephants. <laughs> if Dallas scores a touchdown and Meyer misses the first extra point. Uh. You know, I will tell you, I'm glad you brought that up because there's one thing that makes me nervous this week, and that's he stunk so bad last week. Couldn't you see that dude having the game-winning field goal on his shoulders and he makes it and then he, like, gets lifted on shoulders and crap? You know, no. you know I mean, oh, God. It's all going to depend on if he makes the first extra point. Oh, he's going to make the first Oh, field goal. Point. If he misses the first one, it's done. Nah, he'll be he's, fine. He's mental. Yeah, but but a lot of a lot of kickers do that. I don't think they would keep him on if they thought he was going to do that. Um, well, they signed another one to the practice squad. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. All right. Well, that is your number one pick, and so my number one pick. We're going to jump right into it. Uh, my it's a teaser, and it kind of goes with both of your other picks. Um, so we're we're all over the same sides this week, which kind of surprises oh, that can't, me. That can't end bad. No, it's going to end bad. It's going to end poorly probably, but because we both listen to sharps a lot during the week and generally we side with them about 75 to 80 percent of the time this week we're both at the same time all against them so i don't know what's going to happen i got a teaser kansas city minus three i thought it was the when it was eight and a half which was most of the week and i think if you shop around you might still be able to find eight and a half so look around before you bet this don't just bet it at, at caesar's um but i gotta go with whatever the line is at caesar's when i find this and right now, it is Kansas City minus nine. So the teaser leg, it's Kansas City minus three over Jacksonville. Cincinnati minus 11 and a half over Buffalo, 48 to 140. And the way that a teaser works, if you haven't paid attention to this show for the last, I don't know, 20 weeks, you get six points. It's basically betting a parlay. When you get six points gifted to you on both sides that you like, but you got to bet basically 12 to win 10. And so we're betting 48 to win 40, and I'm getting six points each. Kansas City minus three over Jacksonville. Cincinnati plus 11 and a half over Buffalo. Look, I, 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 I agreed with you already. I think Kansas City blows out Jacksonville. I've explained that already. And Cincinnati, Buffalo, I don't necessarily think Cincinnati is going to win the game. But, I mean, who? I mean, this, you got to be shocked, right, if Burrow. I get that his offensive line is having issues. The defensive backfield hasn't been that great. But wouldn't you be shocked if Barrow got blown out? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, so, to me, 
It, I just don't get it. I mean, I mean Burrow beat Tennessee getting sacked nine times. I didn't get this line at all when it came out. I mean, I thought it was going to go down immediately. I bet it. I bet it when Cincinnati was still minus was still plus four and a half, which gave me ten and a half. But you, I, 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 mean, I literally this bet game. this Tuesday morning at seven a.m. because I couldn't believe the line that I saw when I woke up. This game, if you had to trust factor, you trust in Burrow or you trust in Allen? Oh well, there's no question. What's I'd rather have Burrow than Allen. Me too. I can't believe I'm saying that either, because. I, I mean, if you would have told me I was going to say that before the season, I would have told you you were crazy. But at this was, point... His offensive coordinator was Dable last year. Dable, Brian Dable, yeah. Yeah, ever since he left. Him. Yeah, it's big time. He's back so, to being, you know, the Josh Allen he was two years ago. Well, he's a great quarterback, year. don't get me wrong. But he's not as good as the, as the 22-year-olds think he is. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't think... I haven't seen greatness. He hasn't done anything yet. Well, we'll find out why our picks are... So sketchy. Um, why we're so much with the public? We're probably gonna be texting each other Sunday night, going, "Oh, now I get it." I won't be texting Sunday night. Well, you might be. They did me a solid too. They made the game at five thirty. I could actually stay up late. Yeah, well, late late for you is eight thirty. Yeah. All right, Uncle Big Nick, we are gonna wrap it up, and we'll do it again next week uh, for the conference championship games. Let's go win some money. Let's do it. All right. Well. There you go. You got our best bets of the week. Uncle Big Nick, Jeff Duncan. We got Sean Payton talk. Pete Car- what else could you want? I mean, we gave you everything else you want. You're still listening. I appreciate it. Because you want to hear what the outro song is. Well, you know what? In honor of the Saints and the weather forecast, you know I like the weather. Anyone who's listened to the show more than, I don't know, eight or ten times knows I like the weather. Should have been a meteorologist. Could you see me getting fired up about the weather? Could you see me? Oh, my God. Look at this storm. I mean, no. I, I, that's probably why I wasn't, God didn't let me be a weatherman. Let him let, let this dude, let this soul get into sports. He can be as passionate as he wants. He can be as big a dumbass as he wants to be about sport. You can't be a dumbass when you're a weatherman. I mean, you could be wrong, but you can't be like this. Oh, my God, look at these clouds over here. I mean, look at this. It is, they got two inches, two inches of rain. You can't, it's, it doesn't work. It's not the same. So, anyway, I guess my point again is as we go out for the weekend, I was trying to think of a song that kind of went with the Saints, and then I started. Then I was, I was walking outside. I think I was walking back from bringing my daughter to the bus stop and thinking it's kind of cold. The Saints are cold. Everything's cold. I'm, I ride an Endymion. Foreigners playing an Endymion. We're all as it's, it's cold as ice. I mean, sigh. That's where we are right now. I am just hoping that I am so wrong. That it can come on this podcast and like by like the middle of October say, oh my God. Thank God they brought Dennis Allen back and Pete Carmichael and um, Andy Dalton. <laughs> Thank God they brought all these guys back. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. If I can sit here and say that, we can all laugh about it, right? Because if I'm wrong about it, 
It'll be cold in October. Cold as ice. Yeah. That's enough. You've had enough. I've had enough. We all want to just enjoy King Cake in the playoffs. Time to get to the weekend. Everyone have a great one. Saturday, Sunday. We will be back on Monday. I don't know who my guests will be yet. But we will have a guest. And we will talk about the NFL playoffs. And who knows? Maybe there will be some more Saints news. Maybe there will be Sean Payton news. Maybe we'll just talk more about it. Because you can't get enough of it. Now I'm going to go put a jacket on. Because I'm as cold as ice. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Peace and love, my friends.